You know, when I first arrived almost 20 months ago, uh, there were several people that were key in the, in the heart of this uh, pastor and his wife, and, and uh, I can't tell you a, a greater couple that has played a greater role in allowing us to bounce some things off that we were facing than Bill and Joy Wilson. Bill and, and Joy uh, had been our uh, district ministry network pastors for almost 17 years. Previously to that, they were pastoring at Portland Christian Center for almost two decades. Just those two assignments alone, 37 years of, of leadership positions in this wonderful denomination that we are, the Assemblies of God. Um, but more than a denomination and more than and pastoring of, 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 of churches, they've been really good friends of my wife and I. Uh, many of the decisions that we've made over the, over the last two years have been run by them. So I want you to know before he grabs a pulpit, the ones that you disagree with, those are his fault. <laughs> and the ones that you agree with are my fault. And uh, you can send an email. Maybe you can give an email out today to let, let them know. But our church is going to be blessed by the wisdom and the encouragement of Pastor Bill Wilson. Would you guys give a warm Parkway uh, welcome to Pastor Bill? I've had in a long time. Felt like the spirit of joy came over you to uh, blame me, blame me for anything that didn't go well. Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to be in Parkway and Grants Pass today. This beautiful area, and the sun will come out uh, someday. I went. We drove through Sunny Valley. I, that was the test yesterday, and I have to say that Sunny Valley failed the test. But. Um, we, we've always lived in the north of the state, and um, especially when our children were young, they would always ask me about Sunny Valley. When are we going to get to Sunny Valley? And the weather will change, but uh, uh, good to be here. Turn to the person next to you and say, you look better than last Sunday. Go ahead. How many of you need to repent now? Okay, yeah, yeah. it sometimes happens. Well, it's always great to walk into this, uh, this beautiful building, one of the nicest uh, campuses that you'll find in the state of Oregon. And for, as Pastor said, uh, over 16 years we traveled up and down and across and went to places I didn't know existed um, in Oregon, even though I started my life in the vacation capital of the world, Umatilla. How many of you have gone there for vacation? <laughs> I, I've been in a lot of churches. We have over, you know, almost 200 churches in Oregon, and I've been in a lot of them, and I only had one family raise their hand when I asked that question. And uh, they were a little different, but that was okay. <laughs> pastor Jay and Brooke are dear, dear friends, and uh, you are blessed to have them as your pastors. I, uh, yeah. I feel like there are some people you um, are just kind of testing the waters. Can I follow them? I want you to know you can follow this pastor. Uh, he knows what God is saying. He's taking this church into a new chapter. And I'm grateful for new chapters in our lives. Joy and I are in a new chapter. And, and when you walk into a new chapter, it can be, can be a little unsettling. You may not uh, feel like, well, I wish I knew more details of this. But uh, I want you to know you're in a great new chapter in the life of this church and uh, I would just say start getting here a little earlier and getting the seat you like because pretty soon you're going to show up and somebody's going to be sitting in the seat you paid for and you're going to say, hey, what's the deal? 
So at our church in Portland, we had this guy. He, he, uh, he uh, well, just to be honest, he wasn't all there, but he was, a, he was an evangelist. He'd go out and he'd bring people to, well, there was a seat he liked every Sunday. Well, we had some new people start coming and uh, they, they came and sat in his seat. And I still remember Big Jim. He's about six foot four, weighed about 300 pounds. He comes down the aisle. And while we're worshiping God, he looks at these people and says, that's my seat. Get out of here. And um, I, I had a hard time with that moment. But uh, anyway, they came back and he found another seat. So that's good. <laughs> Pastor St. John, great to see you. We work together in Portland. Uh, don't ask him any personal questions about me, but you can ask plenty of, about him for me. I'll be happy to share. What a wonderful brother in the Lord and great to see you here uh, this morning. I, I want to take you to one of my favorite passages of scripture today, and uh, it's in the book of Proverbs. So if you will take your Bibles, if you have them, or you'll see the verses on the screen this morning. I really would like to talk to you about living your best life. Some of you have lived a messed up life, but God has a best life for you. You can, you can think back and say, I made a lot of poor choices in life, perhaps, but thank the Lord you're here today and beginning today, whether you rooted for the 49ers or Kansas City or your team wasn't even, I was rooting for the Seahawks and I realized they weren't even in the, the Super Bowl. But um, no matter what kind of experiences you may have had when you came this morning, let me just say that God has a best life for you, not a messed up life for you. And I want to read uh, some wonderful words from Proverbs. Now, just an overview of Proverbs. It's referred to a poetic book. It's part of the poetic books of the Bible, which would include Psalms, as you know, and, and the Song of Solomon, and, and so on. But Proverbs is a wonderful book uh, written by the hand of Solomon, one of the wealthiest men ever to live and the wisest men in the Bible. And um, yet, keep in mind when somebody says that so-and-so wrote this book, they were simply dic being, uh, writing down what the Lord had put in their hearts and inspired them to write. So these are God's words to us. You know, if you are uh, a parent, I'd encourage you to read the book of Proverbs. If you're a business person, read the book of Proverbs. If you're single, read the book of Proverbs. If you're married, read the book of Proverbs. If you're having trouble with your parents, read the book of Proverbs. If you're having trouble with your children, read the book of Proverbs. If this has been the worst week of your life, read the book of Proverbs. If this has been the best week of your life, read the book of Proverbs. Do you get the message? Read the book of Proverbs. It is a wonderful book. And I'm going to grab just a few lines from this book of wisdom on how to vote, how to lead your family, how to spend your money, how to save for the future, how to honor those that are in your life, how to avoid destruction and distraction. You're going to see it all in this book, but I want to bring you to these words. Chapter 3, and I'm going to read from uh, verse 1, and it begins, My son... Do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart. Now, if that's the only verse you ever read in the Bible, you'd say there's something there for me today. But goes on to say, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. 
Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and who? Man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. That means stay away from evil. Turn your back on evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of your crops. And I believe that it goes on to say in that uh, passage, it says, with the first fruits of your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Isn't that a good word? Just think if we started living that, those 10 verses every day of our lives, if we began to put them into our hearts so they wouldn't just be something in our head, but there'd be actually something that would translate into the everyday life. Don't you think your wife would love you a lot more? Don't you think your husband would love you a lot more? Don't you think your employer would be more happy with your performance? Don't you think that God would use you in a way that you never thought he would use you? So I was minding my own business in my own house when the doorbell rang. Uh, We live in uh, Tualatin, Oregon, just south of the city of Portland. I used to say we live in Portland, but after the last couple of years, I chose another name. And uh, (laughs) we live in Tualatin. And the doorbell rang, and I went to the door, and pastor, there was a guy standing there, big smile, all dressed in white. Now, as a pastor, and you see somebody all dressed in white, you think they're a little strange or they're an angel. You don't know, but you want to make sure you don't make a mistake. But he was so energetic, this is what he said. Hi, sir. Now, when somebody comes to your house or addresses you as sir, you take interest. It's not, hey, dude, what's going on? Or, hey, bud, or, uh, yo, what's happening? Yeah, it was, good morning, sir. And I said, good morning, how are you? He said, fine. He said, this is what he said to me. I don't sell dope, D-O-P-E. I sell soap. (laughs) It's good. That took me back for a moment. And then he said, and he had a, a, a squirt bottle just like this and a towel. And he said, I noticed that your door handle is very tarnished. Is Joy not doing her job again? (laughs) And I looked at the door handle and I said, you're right, I had never considered. I usually come through the garage. I don't even look at the door handle. He said, would you mind? I could demonstrate how my soap, not dope, but my soap can clean your door handle. So he sprayed it and he wiped it off and it looked brand new. All the tarnish was gone. Then he said, I noticed when I walked up your driveway that you got oil spots in your driveway. I said, that's impossible. I don't allow oil spots in my driveway. He said, well, they're there. I could take those oil spots out of your cement driveway. I said, you can? So now my curiosity has really risen, so I went out there, and sure enough, he sprayed this product on the driveway, took his towel, wiped off the oil, and the oil spot was gone. He went around and told me all the things that he could I could clean with his soap. 
Then he said, it's not harmful to you either. He said, in fact, you can spray it in your mouth. And he turned and he sprayed it into his mouth. Now I'm getting a little concerned. <laughs> I don't sell dope, but I sell soap. But he has me captured by his enthusiasm. And I asked, I, I couldn't wait. I finally said, could I ask you a question? His name was Johnny. He said, uh, sure, what would you like to ask? And I asked him one question. And what he told me, I will never forget. And that's why I'm sharing it with you today. And I don't want you to ever forget this line in the book of Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Or as one version that some of you memorize perhaps, he will direct your paths. Now when I quote that scripture, for many of you who are Bible readers, you say those are the kind of verses that leap off the page and touch your heart. For those who are new to reading the Bible, and some of you are, let me just warn you in advance that as you read the Bible, you're going to find that God, by his Holy Spirit, in a supernatural way, knows what you need for the moment. And he will take a verse of scripture, not out of context, but for the moment in your life, and he will speak to you, and you'll find yourself underlining, or as I have in my Bible, highlighted, and you will remember, that is just what I needed today. That is just what I needed in my life. And in some cases, they become life verses. So when I was 18 years old and I was wrestling with what I was going to do with my life and I wanted to do the right thing and I wanted to live a blessed life and I really loved the Lord, I was reading Proverbs chapter 3 one day and guess what? This verse, these verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, leaped off the table and off the page to me, into my heart. And they became what I would say, the anchor verses for every decision that I make. And I believe I stand here today, uh, thankful for joy, my wife of nearly 52 years, thankful for the, the children that we have been able to raise, the grandchildren that are in our lives today, our family, legacy and heritage, all of those things and the blessings of God taking from us from an apartment that uh, cost $75 a month. Can you imagine that? And that included all utilities. Gasoline that was under 50 cents a gallon. And maybe some of you remember it cheaper than that. And barely having enough money to one day, Joy said to me, uh, Joy, I said, do we have any fun money? She said, are you kidding me? We don't have any fun money. And wondering how we were going to make it through the month, times when we didn't have employment, and wondered, Lord, what are you going to do? This verse has helped me time and time again. And what a perfect verse for right now when we live in the, the generation we live in right now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Now let me just tell you something about this. You will be tested. When you read these lines, you have to remember that there are going to be moments when you're wondering, is God really going to come through for us? I'm going to be tested in this. There's not a mom or a dad or 
a father or a, a student or a, uh, a, an employer or employee here who hasn't found themselves pushed to the ragged edge of life and you still keep quoting the scripture because you wonder, is God really going to get me through this? Can I trust him? There are times when you look to see, is there somebody else that's going to help me out? Am I going to be trusted? It reminds me of the, the mountain climber who was climbing solo and he slipped as he was almost getting to the top and, and his safety harness broke and he's flailing as he's coming down the side of this mountain and he grabs onto a, a tree that happens to be sticking out there and he's holding on for dear life. He looks up, it's not that far, but how am I going to get back up? He looks down, it's a long ways down. And he starts shouting, help, help, help. He's exhausted. He hears nothing. Finally, in the final help, he shouts out, there's a voice from above, says, I am here to help you. And he says, who is it? And it says, he's, he hears the voice, says, I am the Lord. Lord, I will do anything you want me to do with the rest of my life. Just help me right now as I'm hanging here, suspended in air on the side of this hill. And the Lord said, let go and trust me. And the mountain climber looked up and he looked down and then he looked back up and he said, is anybody else up there? <laughs> and there are moments in life when you ask yourself, is there anybody else up there? Your trusting in the Lord will be tested. Now the word trust is a real key word here, of course. It actually means to to lay extended on the ground. In other words, you cast all of your weight and care on the Lord. That's what it means. And that, re that reflects in our future as well. We're casting everything upon him. It is the very foundation of tomorrow is trusting in the Lord. It is the key to what we would say is a successful life. Now, this is a picture word in Scripture. And, and really what it is, it's, it's like waiting on a master and give him giving you a command. Or let me put it another couple of ways. It's, it's like a soldier. St. John, you've been in the military, so you understand this. When the commanding officer gives direction, you do it because he is giving direction. That's what trust actually means, is that you're counting on that commander to give you direction and you do it. Or... Maybe in another realm, a sports, the coach tells you, do this. Have you been to a junior high basketball game lately? The junior high kids don't trust the coach because they never do what he tells them to do. <laughs> but when, they, when you trust your coach, you do what he tells you to do. Now, this is, doesn't make sense in some ways because we say the road to success and fulfillment in life is to do your own thing. That's what the world says, but it's contrary to what the Bible says. The Bible says you don't do your own thing, you do what he wants you to do, and that's trust him to lead and guide you. It's not failure to trust in God. It's security and success to trust in him. The children of Israel in uh, Exodus chapter 14 come to the Red Sea. Moses is leading them, and he comes to the Red Sea, and they have this uh, obstacle in front of them, and the Lord speaks. By the way, the Lord always has a plan. He always has a plan. And he says, Moses, take your, your rod and you uh, touch the water, and it parted. And what does the Bible say? They walked across 
the bed of the Red Sea, not on wet ground, but dry ground, which is a miracle in itself. And they get to the other side. And then the Egyptian army comes and Pharaoh, and what do they do? They do the same, but then the Lord pulls back uh, his protection and the water comes in on Pharaoh's evil army and himself. And the Bible says this, and when the Israelites saw the great power of the Lord displayed, it goes on to say, the people feared the Lord, that's a positive fear, deep respect and reverence, and put their trust in him. In other words, God will bring you tests and you put your trust in him and he does miraculous things. He makes a way when there seems to be no way. Is that true? Some of you could say amen to that because you know what I'm talking about this morning. This is a reminder. It's not a revelation to you. Others, this is a revelation. The, the disciples had a similar experience in Luke chapter 8. They're in a boat. Jesus is resting or sleeping. And a storm comes up. And that's very common in the Sea of Galilee. Storms come up just the way uh, the topography is there. And, the, and, and so... They, they have this immediate storm come up and they fear for their lives, right? And so they go and wake up Jesus and they're scared to death that they're going to die. These are professional fishermen, many of them. They, they've been out there on that sea many times, but they're overwhelmed with anxiety and Jesus gets up and says, peace be still. And the Bible says they were overwhelmed with Jesus' power. Later, Jesus would say in John chapter 14 to these same, he would say to them, do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in me. Trust in me. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And God proved himself time and time again. There will be many times when you will shout, is there anybody else up there? And I'm here to tell you, that your trust in the Lord will be tested. You'll go out of this place today and say, I'm going to trust the Lord, but anticipate it'll be tested, but pass the test. Let me just say that the truth about trusting God is very clear in this passage. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and always acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. There are many things that could speak to you from that passage. We can divide it up in several different ways, but there are three things that I just leave with you this morning. And these final moments this morning about trusting in God. Because I felt like that's what the Lord wanted me to say to you today. You'll make some decisions as a collective body in the days ahead. Trust the Lord. You'll make some decisions about your own personal life. Trust the Lord. Some of you have gone through changes and transitions personally. Trust the Lord. You may have a year ago been doing something and today you're not doing it. Trust in the Lord. You may be diagnosed with some kind of incurable disease. But as we heard earlier today, Jesus breaks all the powers of, of disease and sickness. Trust in the Lord. You may be looking at the checkbook like we have done on a few occasions, or many of you don't use checkbooks, so you're looking at your phone or whatever account. Maybe you don't even have an account. And you're just looking in your wallet or in, the, in your kid's piggy bank to see what you're going to get from them. Trust in the Lord. Let's see what God will do. Let's see what God will do in the church. Let's see what God will do in your life. Let's see what God will do in the next decisions that you make. Trust in the Lord. And there's three things I'd like to leave with you this morning. First of all, be confident of God's care. Notice what it says. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. 
lean not to your own understanding. Now, some of us in the room today feel like we have to understand everything before we take a step. Then there's others who don't think about one thing and they make a decision and later think about it. And that, of course, if you're married and both of you have different approaches to making decisions, could cause a little tension. Amen? If you're not married, I'm just preparing you ahead of time that that may happen. We are prone to lean to our own understanding and decide what we think is best. And then we check with the Lord and say, hey, will you bless this? I'm suggesting to you today that you check with the Lord first. Let him lead you and know that he will bless you. Solomon said, no, 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 be confident in God's care. Trust in the Lord. Now, how many of you would be willing to raise your hand and say, when it comes to worry, are you ready? When it comes to worry, the person sitting next to me does plenty of it. You're hesitant, aren't you? The reality is we always worry. Isn't it interesting, Pastor, that a lot of the stuff we worry about never happens? Never happens. But when it comes to worry, we're pretty good about it, especially in America. We worry, and we recognize that worry strangles us. But you know what strength does? It's, or I should say trusting in God does, strengthens us. So worry strangles us, but trusting in the Lord strengthens us. When you feel strangled and depleted, I'm just going to tell you, I'd have you check, am I really trusting in the Lord? One of the great men of God in the Bible, Elijah, did amazing things. But one day, he allowed the cares of this life to overcome him, just like it happens to all of us. He found himself under one of the smallest trees in the, in the lo location that he lived, a broom tree. He didn't think that God even cared about him anymore. He forgot about God's care and compassion for him. And he basically wanted to take his own life. And this is happening in our generation today with young people. Serve, the church that we serve in, teenager, 17 years old, wonderful guy, just took his life three weeks ago. Devastating. What happened? Something overwhelmed him that seemed bigger than he could bear. And sometimes when that happens, we go to our ragged edge and are prepared to do things that would be contrary to what God has for us. Please never forget this morning that God really cares about each of you in this place. You trust in him. Our son, Phil, who lives in Montana, when he was uh, 14 years old, we noticed that there was something going on. Uh, I didn't notice it as quickly as Joy did, but they were like petite seizures. I'll fast forward over 10 years was finally diagnosed that he had a brain tumor, which meant that he had to go through brain surgery. It's the most excruciating thing that I can think of, even in the preparation, was worse than the operation. But I found myself, I'm not a highly emotional person generally, except at a basketball game, but, um, or when I'm driving real fast and Joy thinks I need to slow down. But other than that, I'm a pretty even keel kind of guy. And Joy, Joy said, you know, I, I think Phil's got some issues. We went to a neurologist. He confirmed that there was an issue. Eight days after he was married, he was scheduled for brain surgery. 
And I remember going through that process and realizing again this scripture that was an anchor in my life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, Bill. Lean not to your own understanding and always acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. St. John, your family has gone through something like this recently as well. And I just got to tell you, God proved himself over and over again, trusting in the Lord. Write down, if you will, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 27. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life when you will eat or drink or whatever you eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. It is not life, is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? And it goes on to make these statements about this and finally ends with this. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Now, ladies and gentlemen, look up here at this face that God made. It's the best thing he could do on that day. But let me just tell you, whatever you're worried about right now, are you willing to trust in God's care? Are you willing to give that to the Lord? Your mind's going wild with what could be. Are you willing to say, Lord, I don't know what this means, but I'm going to trust you through this moment of my life. I want to be able to stand up someday on this platform and say, Pastor, I trusted the Lord and look what happened. My life was changed. We came through a dark moment. Whatever it is, God will help you. Remember, you can have confidence in God's care. Quickly, be committed to God's purpose. Notice it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. You have that? In all your ways. That means everything you're going to do, in all your ways, you submit to him. Now let me ask you this morning, do you think the Lord was surprised when you came into this world? Anthony, do you think it shocked God when you were born and somebody sent a message to God? What? Anthony was born? No, God knew you were born. He knew the circumstances which, where you were born. He knew what hospital. He knew all the situations in your life. He knows you even today. He knew all about you. You are not a surprise to God. You may have been surprised to the rest of the people. Did you hear the Wilsons were having kids? Wow, aren't they kind of young to have kids? God wasn't surprised by any of that. The Bible says that we're not an accident. And if we acknowledge him, and the word acknowledge means to see him, I see him in this situation. Some way he is working in everything we need to look for his guidance, his presence, and his plan. Because God has a plan. And I want to be committed to God's purpose. Because his plan is much greater than mine. Whether it is in your vocation or on your, voca on your vacation, I want to encourage you to be committed to God's purpose. Whether it's praying or playing, be committed to God's purpose. Whether it is in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, be committed to God's purpose. That's what it means to acknowledge him, see him in the moment, see him at work, see him at, at doing things as you put your trust in him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 again. You're going to remember this verse. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And finally, I'd like to just suggest to you, remember this, be controlled by God's will. Now, you know his care, you know he has a purpose for you, but be controlled by God's will. Look at this, it says in verse 6, and he will, everybody say that out loud, and he will, once again, 
and he will make your paths straight. The path, the word path here means a way, uh, an adventure, if you will, a road uh, that you follow, a way and manner in which you conduct your life. The word here is to trust in God's will for your life, your path, his path for you. He makes the crooked paths straight. He takes the conflicts and chaos of life and brings order and purpose for it. He will direct you in the way that you should go. And he has done that in our lives since we gave our lives to the Lord. And he'll do that for you. He will help you and he will lead you. I, I, there was, I don't put bumper stickers on my car, but I saw one sitting next to me today that had lots of bumper stickers. And there used to be a bumper sticker, God is my co-pilot. I always kind of took a second look as I drove by the car. But let me just tell you right now, God's not, that's bad theology. God's not your co-pilot. He never wants to be your co-pilot. He is the pilot. And you're, on the, you're standing or riding with him. He is in charge. He is leading you in his path. And he has a plan for you, Anthony. He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you, St. John. If I knew all your names, he's definitely got a plan for you, Joy Wilson. I'll tell you right now. He's got a plan for this church. But the way that plan is unfolded is if you trust in him. And sometimes it doesn't always make sense, does it? But you trust in him. The testimony of people that I've heard over the years who say, I trusted in the Lord in a difficult moment. And God brought me through. Because when you trust him, he'll give you a testimony. He'll give you a testimony. And your testimony, your story, is important. God uses your story to help people. Grandparents, God uses your story to pass that on to your grandchildren. God uses your story to come alongside that guy at work who needs to be encouraged. God uses your story in the coffee shop when you're talking to the barista. Some of you go to the coffee shop more than you go anywhere else, and they know you by name, and while you're walking through the door, they're already preparing it for you. It's even better than at home sometimes, I'm sure. They call you by name and say, here's your drink. God uses your story to touch people. One thing that I would encourage you to do, don't ever hesitate to say, can I pray for you? And you'll be surprised how many people are shocked. One day I said to the guy that was, when the state required every fuel station to have an attendant, uh, the fuel station attendants are great people to talk to and pray with. And I said to him, hey, Jim. Yes, sir. Is there anything I can pray with you about? He said, what'd you say? I said, can I pray with you about anything? Well, yeah. My wife, uh, her car broke down. She can't get to work. We got to have some money. And I said, well, what do you want me to pray about? My car gets fixed. Okay. How, anything else? Well, she's not been well. She's got some issues, physical. And Okay. Would you take my hand right here? Right here in front of everybody? I said, sure. He said, sure. So I put my hand in his hand, and we prayed. The next time I went in there, he said, hey, you're the guy that prayed with me, aren't you? And I said, yeah. He said, I want you to know we got our car fixed. And my wife went back to work because she's feeling a lot better. And I said, 
oh, what do you think about that? He said, well, it sounds like prayer works. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now use wisdom, use wisdom when you do this, but you're helping people know your story that you trust in God. He's never disappointed you and let you down. He always comes through. He does it different sometimes than you expect, but he gave you a story. And it's not just to sit on it, it's to share with your kids and your family and with your friends and your neighbors. Don't be just known for the guy who has a good lawn mowed in front or a truck that's really jacked up high with loud pipes that wakes everybody up when you start it, or you're the best hunter in the world, be known for the guy that has a story of God meeting your need. Some of you are going to meet somebody this week. It may not be Jim at the fuel station. It may be the hostess at the restaurant. So I got there a little early, and a girl was very kind, and I said, I need a place for two, but my friend's not here. And she said, well, I can't seat you until you're both here. And I said, I get it. That's no problem. I said, is there anything I can pray with you about? And she started crying. She said, what did you say? I said, is there anything I can pray with you about? She started crying. And then her manager comes over. I said, oh, no. He said, is everything okay here? (laughs) I said, Oh, yeah, yeah, we're just talking, and I just wanted to pray for her. He said, okay. I said, what can I pray with you about? She said, I'm a single mom. I'm living with my parents. And she said, um, and I've had some financial issues and another car. So I guess I'm the car guy. So she said, my car's broken down, and I really don't know what to do. And I said, well, I know exactly how you feel. That's happened to me. So can I pray with you that God will provide for you? And she said, sure. So we had a quick prayer. It wasn't like a long Pentecostal prayer, okay? You understand that? It was a Pentecostal prayer, but it was a short one because she's on the job, and I'm not trying to get her fired. I'm trying to help her. I want to tell you there's stories like that. How can you do that, Bill? Because you're a pastor and you've gone to school and learned how to pray publicly? No. I've learned to trust in the Lord, and he's provided for me so many times that I can't help but pray with somebody who's in trouble in need you'll be surprised you'll be surprised and if you start doing that the seats in this building will be full because people as I did today we stopped and got coffee for joy I don't drink coffee but I got it for her which is a little marriage tip there for you guys you might have caught that and I I said uh, what's up she said what's up for today They they always ask that and I said I'm going to Parkway Church you ought to go there She said, you know, I'm trying to get off on Sunday so I can go. So if she comes, you better be friendly, all right? You better be friendly. Because all she needed was an invitation, number one. But there are people who need your story. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and always acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Have you closed the Bible yet, Joy? She has, okay. That means it's over. Okay, here's Johnny. Wow, come on in, clean the windows, do whatever you want, Johnny, I'm interested. I said, I gotta ask you one question, Johnny. He said, what's that, sir? I said, why are you so enthusiastic? There's something about you that is just inspiring to me. You're all dressed in white, you got a fabulous smile, you're going door to door trying to sell soap and not dope, and I'm just interested in what is going on. 
you really want to know, sir? I said, yeah. He said, I used to be a dope addict, a drug addict. My life was a mess. Hang on, he said. And then I met Jesus, and he changed my life. And he said, I don't sell dope anymore. I'm going around selling soap to make a living. Would you like to buy any? <laughs> yeah, I'll buy two or three gallons. Bring it on over. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, Johnny, I'm a believer too. I never was a dope addict, but I was a sinner just like you. And I put my trust in Jesus, and he changed my life. And he said, so did I. I don't sell dope anymore. I sell soap. What a story. Trust in the Lord. Listen, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. For Anthony, that's a word for you today. I don't know you. I met you just a few moments ago, but I believe that God started a brand new chapter in your life. And he's changing you. And it's kind of scary. You don't know what's ahead. But all these people in here, they've been exactly where you are at one point. Scared, what's ahead of me? But God loves you so much that he brought you into a relationship with him. And you can lean heavily. You can lay everything down to the Lord. Any of the stuff that happened before, problems you're still having to deal with, trust the Lord. And let's see what story God will write in your life. Let's stand, if you will. Pastor's going to come. And he's going to close us in a moment. But before he does, if you would like to put your full trust in Jesus and you've never done that before, or maybe you feel like, I'm way off, I'm not where I should be. I'm going to stand right down here. I'd like you to meet me here. I'd like to shake your hand. And pastor's going to come and lead us in a prayer. This is a great day to say, I'm going to put my trust fully in him. Now listen, some of you have done this before, but now you look and realize, I kind of took it back. I said, okay, I got this, Lord. I'll take it from here. And your face now is something you just need to really trust in the Lord with. Meet me here at the altar. And just as coming to the altar, you're not, not because I'm the Savior. I'm just giving the message. You meet me here, and let's see what God, and you're just saying, I'm, I'm doing this publicly. I'm putting my trust in the Lord. Whatever concern you have, let's see. Some dif differences of opinion, trust the Lord. Let's see what God does. I'll meet you right here as, as uh, we sing this song, and pastor will come and lead us in prayer. see all that you've done countless testimonies of your love but the greatest one of all is that you rescued me from sin did me right 
We trust you. We're thankful for the great exchange. Our mess for your miracle. We thank you for what you did on that cross. So that we might have relationship with you. We thank you that you didn't stop there. That you conquered the tomb so that we didn't have to live in ours. We might not understand it all today, but we know that we need to say yes to you. Lord, be our savior, be our friend. We invite you not just to be co-pilot, but take over our life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, Parkway, would you give the Lord a big round of applause today? Hallelujah. All right, I want to ask you to do something that might be a little bit out of your comfort zone, but Pastor Bill gave us some instructions today. And we're not going to ask you to do a Pentecostal prayer. All right, I think that means lengthy, right? With a lot of hyperbole, and you're not going to make the person to the left or right of you feel uncomfortable. But I want you to look to your neighbor right now and, and ask, is there anything that I can pray with you about today? And then they're going to answer and say, yes, my grandkids, my, my son or my daughter, my job, my financial situation, my parents. I've got recently lost a loved one. And we're going to take 60 seconds as we close, and we're going to pray for each other to the left or right of us. Would you ask your neighbor right now, is there anything that I can pray with you about? coincidence that Pastor Bill and Joy were here today to remind us and our congregation of what it means to trust in Jesus in all things. We're thankful that we can trust him, you can trust him, and we're thankful that great days are ahead. Look to your neighbor and say you can trust him. And I want you to give the Lord one big round of applause. We love each and every one of you guys. We'll see you next Sunday. God's good. Reminder volunteer tonight at 5 o'clock.